day is missile for WSRT. Spin up all missiles. This is Plausibly Live, the official podcast of The Dave Bowman Show. This is the part of the show where I'm supposed to say, Happy New Year! Welcome to 2023. And on the arbitrary calendar date that you know really doesn't mean anything, but yet another orbit around the sun has been completed. Huzzah! The year begins, and I wish I could say to you that I think... Like uh, Colonel Sherman Potter said in, in MASH, which is a show I don't really enjoy, uh, may it be a damn sight better than the last one. I don't think it's going to be. I think we're going to be in for quite a ride in 2023, and I think it's going to be some years before things calm down, let alone get better going to have to see where it goes and we need to be prepared and we need to be thinking. It's kind of what I'm saying to you. 2023 is going to be the start of the 2024 presidential campaign. You understand that, which means that we are going to be bombarded with presidential politics, which of course has descended not from how do we call it? Intelligent politics. It is no longer debate. It's no longer discussion. Now it's zingers and accusations and anger. And we're no longer picking the best person to be our chief executive. We are now at best choosing the lesser of two evils or the one that doesn't send nasty tweets. That's what it's come down to. I wish I could tell you that 2023 is going to be calm. It's not, but it's going to start. I don't know if it'll start with this. But you know as well as I do that the January 6th committee has recommended an indictment against President Trump, released his tax records to a, well, I don't think it's going quite the way they thought it was going to go. I don't, uh, I don't see people in the streets screaming. In fact, what I see a lot of on Twitter, and granted, you know, it's social media, so it's going to feed your, your, your bubble. What I'm seeing is a lot of people saying, well, where's everybody else's tax records? Uh, who passed the laws that allowed him to take these deductions? But you know as well as I do that the Democrats cannot, cannot, cannot allow Donald Trump to run for president of the United States again. Now, I think they're wrong. I think, they're, I think their calculations are, are incorrect. I think a Donald Trump candidacy actually splits the Republican Party. It actually splits the Republican vote. They don't see it that way. They see it as a Trump runs. They believe that every person in the country that isn't voting Democrat is a you know a Trump Nazi, so they're going to vote for him, uh, which isn't true. That said, I think they're making a miscalculation, but they don't, and so they cannot let Trump run again. If they they will do anything and everything they can. And so this indictment is coming. You know this. Write it down, chisel it in stone. The indictment is coming. And like some of my compatriots in this business, I believe that there will be a very public arrest of Donald Trump. You thought the the um, 
what was that guy's name? Now I can't think. <laughs> it was just on the tip of my tongue. The, the, the guy that was the Donald Trump supporter, I, for the life of me, it's just gone. It was, I have it written down in my notes, but it's gone. If you think that arrest at four o'clock in the morning with CNN and everybody else there was a media show, you ain't seen nothing yet. This will be the media gasm of media gasms. There will be nothing. This will be wall to wall at least 48 hours. Nothing but the Donald Trump arrest. Pictures of him in handcuffs being frog walked into some building somewhere. You, you know it's coming. I know it's coming. And it doesn't matter at that point. See, here's the thing. It doesn't matter if they have a case or not. Do you understand that? It matters not if a jury would find him guilty or not, which who knows? I mean, now you're into to other things, but put that aside for the moment. They don't need a case. What they need is for him to be sidelined for 18, for, for 18, 12 to 18 months. That's all they need. Get him out of the way and get him, get his supporters either A, questioning whether or not they should be supporting him or B, labeled. You know, this is called playing the man, not the ball. So you, you start saying anybody who says anything good about Trump, anybody who says anything positive about Trump, anybody who says anything about how we're going to uh, support Trump is going to be labeled Trumpist, fascist, whatever you want to put in there. That's what's going to happen. And you know it's coming as well as I do. They don't need a case. All they need to do is get him out of the way. Now, again, I personally believe that's a faulty strategy because Trump is more likely to split the Republican vote, thus ensuring the re-election of Joe Biden. And yes, I think he's running again. I might be wrong. Who knows? I mean, in the big world of things against Trump, who do they have? Who does the left have? Against, oh, I don't know, Mike Pence or Ted Cruz, who do they have? It's a different story. Uh, so uh, to me, it doesn't make any sense. But you know this is coming. And that's part of what's going to happen in the coming year. The other thing we've got going on, of course, is the war in Ukraine, which is kind of losing steam in a way. Now, I don't mean that it's anywhere near over. Last year, I told you that the Ukrainians... See, I started to say the Ukraine, and then I realized in my head, my head screamed, no, it's not the Ukraine, it's just, doesn't matter. Last year, I told you that I believed that Ukraine would lose this war. Now, I'm not backing away from that. I still believe that. I still believe Ukraine is going to lose this war. The re there are two reasons for that. Number one, you have to understand that the, the neo-Soviets do not define victory the same way you or I do. They don't think in terms of capturing the enemy's capital. This isn't, this isn't capture the flag to them. They're, the Soviets have always had this weird ideology about what does winning mean? And particularly in terms of, of nuclear deterrence, sorry, nuclear deterrence and nuclear war, they've always had a much different concept. Remember that in their minds, during the Second World War, which is still corporate memory, they lost more than 20 million people. Do you understand that? 20 million people in four years. 
but they won. They have a much different concept of what it takes to win than we do. And because of that, I don't see them giving up. I really don't. And maybe it won't be win in the terms that we think it is, but they will at some point declare that they have achieved their objectives and therefore they have won. Whether the rest of the world accepts that or not is another question. The second reason that they are going to, um, that the war is kind of losing steam and may not go the way they want to is, is, of course, American money. The only reason that Russia has had so much difficulty in this war in the first place is because of American money. If American money, Zelensky, you know, coming to America to, to suck up the Congress to get more billions to him, if that money were to suddenly somehow or another dry up, what happens then to Ukraine? Now, I know you're saying to me, well, but, but didn't Mitch McConnell declare that Ukraine is the number one priority of the Republican Party? Yeah, he did. He said that. But what happens if that money dries up? If the American economy continues to tank, and it is, and the efforts to gaslight Americans into believing that everything is just fine. Your economy sucks because we have to defeat Putin. Even though we're, we're not really defeating Putin. Even though this continues to grind on and on and on. And as I said last year, we're not loaning Ukraine money like we did in 1917 with France and England. We loaned them that money. We had a strategic interest to enter the war to make sure they won. So we could get our money back. We don't have that arrangement with Ukraine. We're just giving it to them. What happens if Americans start realizing they're being gaslit by both parties about this whole Ukraine situation and Congress begins to pull back a little bit saying, well, you know, Americans, Americans are mad. Now they could just start printing even more money. They could, you know, stimulus checks for everybody and more money for Ukraine. They could do that, but sooner or later, there's no more golden goose. Sooner or later, economic realities catch up, and you're going to have to deal with that at that point. And that's part of the problem. Until we understand that there is no golden goose, and that every single cent we send to Ukraine comes out of our own pockets. It's, it's once Americans start realizing that, things might change. Congress has no qualms spending other people's money as long as the spending of that money gets them reelected. When it stops getting them reelected, then it becomes a problem. More concerning to me is the idea that our attention could be very easily diverted from Ukraine because, well, observers, whatever that means, uh, many people that I follow for a lot of reasons are drawing a lot of parallels to today versus last year with regards to Taiwan and West Taiwan, otherwise known as the People's Republic of China, the Communist Chinese. There's a great deal of similar feeling about what we had with Ukraine, with the Russians going to invade, we're going to invade, we're going to invade, and then they did. We have that same kind of mentality here that Taiwan is in grave danger from the Communist Chinese. We all 
knew that the invasion of Ukraine was coming, but we wanted to pretend that it wasn't. We wanted to think, oh, it's just saber rattling. It's no big deal. It wasn't. And the coming communist Chinese invasion of Taiwan, likewise, is coming. It'll be sooner rather than later, I think, for the same reasons that the Democrats are going to indict and arrest Trump. They recognize the danger. They simply can't risk waiting until the situation might not be in their favor. The Democrats, you know, feel the same way about Trump. We got to get rid of Trump. We got to get him out of the way and we got to do it now. And this is the best way to do it. Even if we never see, even if he never sees a day in jail is irrelevant. As long as your television is full of those pictures of him being arrested, it'll be fine. In Taiwan is the same thing to China. They're looking at this going right now. There is grave weakness. There is questionable ability. America is spending so much money in Ukraine and sending forces other places that they're weak. Now, once that launches, here's the problem. Once communist China, as I like to refer to it, West Taiwan, led by Winnie the Pooh, Mr. Xi himself, invade Taiwan or attack Taiwan, American forces will be engaged, and Americans will die. And when that happens, what happens to our interest in Ukraine at that point? Do we really want to spend a bunch of money on Ukraine when we need those weapons, when we need those men, when we need those we need that equipment to defend Taiwan? Will Ukraine then be a secondary issue and perhaps not quite a supply? I, it, it's an intriguing thing. Look, there, there are strategic reasons why I think China invading Taiwan is, is a suicidal move. I, I'm not going to argue that. I think it's a bad idea. But just because I think it's a bad idea doesn't mean that they won't do it, and it doesn't mean that they think that. Okay, that's the thing. Is I just because I think it is doesn't mean they think it is. If they believe that they can pull it off, if they believe that they can get away with it and succeed in invading Taiwan, they will. It's a simple, calculated risk. Once they believe they can't lose, they will launch everything they have, whether they're really ready or not. It may work. It may not. But how many American lives will it cost to defend the nation of Taiwan from communist China? We better be asking ourselves right now, is it worth it? The answer is, I don't know. Guess we'll have to wait and see. We'll see what happens with Ukraine when that happens. There are those things involved. Last thing I want to talk about on this first day of the new year, the first first show day of the new year. Yesterday was obviously Sunday. Um, here in Seattle, the Seattle media market, we lost, I guess you could call him an icon. Uh, Dory Munson was a radio icon on Cairo Radio over in Seattle, which is a station that I've been listening to since I was stationed here in the early 80s. Now, Dory was not on then. He came on the air uh, in Seattle about 1995, but he has been a fixture here in this area 
since 1995. He he talks about everything, politics, sports, you name it. And and certainly a conservative voice. He was they tried to cancel him on Twitter a few years ago because he because he questioned the he actually had one of his most infamous tweets was a a tweet at Governor Inslee when he was doing a state of the state speech while he was the supreme dictator and said something to the effect of we're going to follow the science when it came to covid and and in the same speech had mentioned some stuff about transgenderism and Dory Munson had tweeted about oh we're going to follow the science on that but not <laughs> transgenderism and it it almost it got him as i recall it got him suspended but it might but it obviously didn't get him fired and he went on uh, to do his radio show for much much well for the next couple of years and uh, passed away on Saturday. Uh, it was announced yesterday. And this, of course, is one of those things that, boy, it just, it sort of hits and it hits hard because Dory was, he's one of the good guys in this business. He's one of the, he's one of the best people in this business. And more importantly, he was a very effective person in this business. He was also, and this is the part that hits me hard, 61 years old. Those of you who have been following the show for a while, you know that I'm 59, as of right now. It kind of concerns me. It's, it's one of those things that weighs very heavily on me because, you know, we're homeschooling Ben now, and my wife is very competent with that and very comfortable with that. She's homeschooled four other kids. To me, it's new ground. and I'm. I'm not sure I'm competent to do it. I mean, I can teach him what I think he should know, but that's not the same thing as teaching the test that he has to take, you know, for his assessment. I worry because, well, how much time do I have left? Am I like my dad? Do I get to go to 82? Do I get to go longer or or, or am I like Dory Munson and I'm I'm, I'm only going to be here another couple of years? I don't know. Nobody knows. But I know that I have a lot to accomplish. I've got a lot to do. I've got more on my plate that I want to get done vis-a-vis this show and what I do behind this microphone in addition to what I do with my son, in addition to what I do with other things. It kind of scares me. It kind of worries me. It kind of causes me to sit back and go, okay, I certainly mourn the loss of Dory Munson. You get in this, you get in this mindset of it's always going to be there, and then it's not. It's gone. And that concerns me. How much information can I pack into this show so that it's there forever if my son... And you or others need it down the line. Dory was, uh, he was really, he was really good. I got to meet him once, uh, just very briefly. I didn't, we didn't spend much time talking. But he was well beloved in this business. And certainly we are going to miss him uh, going forward. I don't know what they'll do to replace him. I have no idea. At this point, you look at it and go, well, you know, eventually they managed to replace Rush. So I guess, you know, Neil Bortz used to tell that story about how he got his job when the, the previous guy died. And, you know, I get it. Things go on and things move on. 
But if it doesn't cause you to sit back and think at least for a minute or two, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that you're doing it right. Happy New Year. We have a lot to do in 2023. We we got to get back on course on on the the Federalist, the Anti-Federalist Papers. We have other stuff going on, of course, with with Bill Mick, with with Dave Does History, and the other shows that I'm involved with as well. I got a nice email about that over the holiday break. Uh, thank you for that. And in the at the end of it all, I hope that I can achieve what I set out to achieve. I've I've started to sit down and write down exactly what it is that I want to accomplish. Because sometimes even I'm scatterbrained. One of the things that I've, I'm doing is building a database of shows. I, I've been doing this since 2007. I have no record of, of the shows other than what's on the website. I need to fix that. But those are the kinds of things that I look at the passing of Dory Munson and I think, do I have time? Is it even worth it? Is it necessary? Is it needed? Is it important? Those are things that I guess I have to decide. Anyway, welcome aboard for 2023. Happy New Year. I hope that I'm wrong about everything. I say this every time I make predictions. I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that on December 31st, I'm getting email after email saying, Dave, back in January, you were completely wrong. Yes, I was. And God bless me for it. I don't think I am, but hopefully we can make it to the end of this and see what's going on. Happy New Year, everybody, and we will see you tomorrow for Dave Does History.